Morning. Hey, great job, praise team. Thank you all so much. That that was so good. Okay, great job. Good to see everybody today. Uh, looks like we got a pretty pretty good crowd here this morning. Thankful for that. Thankful that you could join us this morning. Want to remind some of you. You may not know, but uh, we've got a little section over here. If it gets too crowded in here for you, um, got some space over here on the side that has a live shot of the service in here and even sound and all that. So you can, um, if you want to, you could head, head over there and even take a nap if you want. So uh, we are in this very important series. I feel like not only as people, but as, as a nation almost. Uh, we've been looking at this, this phrase, our national motto, in God we trust. I know you've seen the bumper stickers. I saw a really big one this week. It was huge. Just like everybody wanted them to know that that person trusted in God, right? Um, but what does that actually, actually mean? And so we've been going through Hebrews 11. We've talked about a few uh, characters from the Bible that actually lived. They actually uh, lived by faith and walked by faith. And we're learning a lot from them. And we've got a few more weeks left in this series, but we're learning a lot from people that exhibited tremendous faith. And we're learning what it means to really trust in God. You know, it's so much more than words. So much more than, than a sticker or a phrase or a t-shirt or a banner. Um, it's in how we live. It's how we live. I want to talk to you today about a guy named Enoch, or Enoch. That's what we call him from here, right? Enoch. Um, funny, it's, it's a funny name, right? And I don't know if I've ever taught on Enoch, right? Um, Enoch is mentioned two times in the Bible. Actually, two. what I mean by that is there's two people named Enoch, right? Um, Chad taught us a few weeks ago, Cain and Abel, right? Cain actually went off and had a son. His son was named Enoch. Um, this Enoch is different. This is the sixth descendant from Adam. It's, it's that Enoch. And he's, he's mentioned just briefly in Scripture. What's interesting to me about Enoch is that Enoch was alive when Adam was alive. If you go back in Genesis and you do the math and you add everything up, Adam lived a long time. And he lived long enough to see Enoch born. Isn't that interesting? So this guy we're going to look at today was around when the, the man, right, the, the Adam was around. So tremendous uh, to, to realize that. Only briefly mentioned in Scripture, he's mentioned here, he's mentioned in Genesis 5, he's mentioned in Jude, and that's it. Three times. Although he's briefly mentioned, there's a lot we can learn from him. About trusting in God. I want to encourage you to open your Bible to Hebrews 11. And the, the verses will be on the screen today as well. But we find this story, or Enoch's story, beginning in verse 5. Notice it starts with by faith. Each and every person we've looked at, they are known for their faith. And what is recorded in Hebrews 11 is by faith. They did this. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. 
For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Okay, so each week we've read by faith this person did this, by faith this person did that. Here it's by faith God did something. By faith God took Enoch away. Just snatched him from the earth. He couldn't be found, right? I'm not talking about losing a kid at Walmart or Dollywood, right? Not that I've done that. <laughs> he just, hey, where'd Enoch go? I don't know. Hey, have you seen Enoch in a while? No. He couldn't be found. Nowhere. We, we get a little more detail after what God did. Before he was taken, he was commended, you see, as one who pleased God. He was commended. In other words, he was well known to people. That was his reputation. But also he was well known to who? To God. He, he stood out among the rest. Enoch did. Um, Callie is taking dance and gymnastics and maybe a combination of both. I'm really not sure. Uh, so there's these things that I take her to. Um, and so I, I took her and, and, and checked her in or whatever uh, last week and noticed this sign on the, on the desk, a very girly, girly sign. Um, it said, be a flamingo in the flock of pi pigeons. And it was pink and everything. I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, um, it really, it, I, I was like, oh, that's silly. But then I got to thinking, man, it, it, that's, there's truth in that, right? There's truth in that. Does anybody watch uh, nature channels and stuff like that? Planet Earth, I love that type of stuff. There's this guy named David Attenborough. Anybody know who that is? He's a sir now, Sir David Adam, Attenborough. He is the narrator for these things, okay? And he's really old, and he's got this voice that just, and look at this bird, look at this pigeon. And, and it's very interesting, but man, I can really sleep. I can just watch that and just, go, just doze right off. But when I, the more I thought about Be the Flamingo and the Flock of Pigeons, the more I thought about David Attenborough talking about Flamingos, like my mind went back to that time when he was talking about flamingos and how thoroughly amazing they are. They're beautiful. And, um, you know, he was talking about flamingos, and it's interesting that the flamingos, when they're born, they're, they're gray. They're gray. They're dark. And as they mature and over time, as they, as they grow and develop, they, they turn these, these beautiful, beautiful colors and I'll never forget this, because I didn't know this at the time, and it just really amazed me. But you can see flamingos from space. Going through this series, and David Attenborough just beautifully just narrated it, and I was just real into it. And then all of a sudden, they do this, this shot from space. And you look down, and you can see the world. You can see the sphere. And then all of a sudden, you see this pink in the midst of all this brown.
when I think about Enoch and God looking down, I, 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 see, I think about that. I think about standing out that much that God can see it. Like we are to stand out. We are to stand out. Not, hey, not just on Facebook. Like, not just on social media. Not just on a bumper sticker or a decal. Stand out for the glory of God so that he could, he could see. Well, how did Enoch, sta- Enoch stand out? How did, he, how did he please God? Well, we're going to go back to Genesis 5, and I'm going to go through this sermon real quickly, okay? Genesis chapter 5. <clears throat> we can just call this the death chapter. Okay, if you want a death chapter to read in the Bible, read Genesis 5. Over and over again, it just, this person was born and they died. This person was born and they had sons and daughters and they died. And over and over and over again. And then you get to Enoch and it changes. The whole thing just changes completely. Verse 22, after he became the father of Methuselah, that's Enoch, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So here Enoch is also uh, famous or infamous for being the father of Methuselah, who is the oldest living person ever, 969 years. Um, he's got an inner, I'm not going to go too far on this, on this sidetrack here, but his name uh, means when he dies, judgment will come. So Enoch's son is Methuselah. He lived 969 years. When Methuselah died, that's when the flood came. Okay? So, I mean, this guy is, has a neat story just in his life. But his, his name and his life was a living prophecy. Very, very interesting. I say that not to kind of give you cool information, but that is the time that Enoch lived in. Corrupt. Corrupt world. We look out at our world today and we think our world is corrupt. It's bad, I know. Enoch lived in so much corruption. And it's in that context, you know, God was looking down and he's like, I, I, I'm going to judge this place. I'm going to destroy it. He looks down and he sees pink flamingos. Sees Enoch. Sees Enoch. And it says that he walked with God for 300 years. Imagine that. Walking with God for, uh, let, not just living that long, but walking with God for 300 years. How hard is it to walk with God for 300 days for us? 300 hours. 300 years. Verse 23, altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. I don't want to get sidetracked here, Chad. I'm sorry. Chad always tells me not to get sidetracked. But I'm a geek. Um, 365 years. He walked with God for 300. If you go back and read, Enoch had Methuselah at the age of 65. Guys, I don't know. There's something about fatherhood. Man, it just... Opens your eyes to, to things sometimes. You, you, you experience and you see God in a different way. And, and I've read that a lot, a lot of men 
don't come to faith until after they've had children. You know, just you just you see God in in life. So it says Enoch walked faithfully with God. The key in all this is walking faithfully with God because it's repeated over and over again. It says, then he was no more because God took him away. So get this, in Genesis 5, death, 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 and then all of a sudden, no death. And what's the key, what's the key to all of it? What's the key to life, you could say? Walking with God. Walking with God. Enoch walked faithfully with God, and God took him away that wasn't a punishment that was a reward that was early retirement right i mean hey come on up beam me up scotty right take me up take me away from this place you know enoch's story gives us a picture a lesson of what the key to life is and it's walking with god i want to share with you this trusting in god means faithfully walking with god if you say you trust in God, you really need to be walking with God. You know, Enoch's life is an example to show us that God wants the same thing for us. Don't you find that amazing? That Enoch isn't just a story that we can read and go, oh man, that's neat, that's interesting. God wants the same thing for you. What Enoch did, he wants you to do as well. It's we don't have any teaching from Enoch. The guy didn't say one word. What's the lesson for us? His life. His life. The lesson that God wants you and I to learn is to simply look at what he did. He walked with God, and he wants you to walk with him too. He he desires a relationship with you. I want to read Acts 17. In this, Paul is giving a sermon, you could say, to some very intelligent um, Greeks. He's going all the way back to the beginning. He's explaining creation of the world. He's explaining the creation of people and the purpose of people in general, the purpose of man. And he says this, God did this. In other words, he created man so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. What is life about? It is about being with God. God created man to be in relationship with him so that they could be together with him. That's God's greatest desire look god doesn't just want you to talk about him right that's important his greatest desire is for you to be with him that's his greatest desire he wants you to walk with him he wants you to to walk with him as you walk and go through life so that brings us to this question what does it mean to walk with god I'm just going to share some very practical steps with you this morning, okay? First of all, you have to be with God. Isn't that so simple? In order to walk with God, you've got to be with God. And who is that up to? Who is it up to? It's up to you. It's up to you. 
He, he wants, so he wants to walk with you. We were created to be in a relationship with him, to walk with him. He, he's already there. He's waiting on you. It's like somebody, you ever <clears throat> tried to get somebody to go walk with you? And you're ready to go and they're not? Right. How frustrating is that? Or maybe you're the one that don't want to go, right? Now you're feeling real guilty. Hey, let's go exercise. Now nah, I'm Got something in the, on the stove. So you have to want to be with God. You have to desire to be with God. You have to make it a priority. You have to make time. In a nutshell, just practically speaking, folks, you have to make God real. You have to make God real in your life. Look at Amos 3 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? How practical is that verse? No. I mean, the answer is you can't unless both parties have agreed to meet. So God has agreed. Have you? Have you? You know, do you, do you take time to be with God? Just a very practical question. Where's most of your time spent? Where are most of your thoughts? You know, we, we think spending time with God, what does that look like? Well, prayer. Prayer is, is talking with God like he's real, right? Like he's a person. Like you would talk to your best friend. Like you would talk to somebody you love, not talking to your dog or your cat. A, a person. Prayer, Jeremiah 29, 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So we see there, finding God is linked to prayer. You, you join God, you be with God through talking to him, through prayer. Conway Twitty, y'all heard of him? Young people were like, who's that, a comedian? No, one of the greatest country music legends of all time, right? He has a song, Hello Darling, how you doing? It's been a long time, but in a Conway Twitty voice. He makes it sound better to me. Some of, some of us, some of you, right, are like that with God. Like it's, it's been a long time, and, and you just need to get back to that conversation, that talking, that, that making God real in your life. That's what walking with God means. The next is Bible reading. We know that, but how often do we do it and how seriously do we take it? Is it more like school? Or is it a place where we go and we find God? Is it a place where we go and we meet with God and we don't read for information, but we just seek God out so that he can transform our lives? The, this is something Enoch didn't have. 
didn't have anything to read. Think about that. Think about how, how privileged you and I are to have the Word of God that, according to Hebrews, is living and active, right? It's, it's the Word of God. It is Him. It is His Word. Psalm 119, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, when you open God's Word, whether it's a whether it's a Bible, whether it's on an iPad or a phone, when you when you when you're looking at that and you're reading that, you are joining God there in that moment. And many of you know this, but so many times for me, the Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is the author who who influenced the writers, right? The human writers that wrote these words down, that, that spirit, the spirit of God will speak to you exactly what you need to hear, exactly at the moment you need to hear it. I can't tell you how many times that that has happened to me. And I didn't do this. I didn't do the, the blind turn and just, you know, do that, and it, it was magical. No, it was just like, it just jumped off the page. And God spoke to me, and I spoke to him in that moment. So we need, to, we need to be with God. Prayer, Bible reading. Next thing, once you're with God, you need to stay with him. Stay with God. And there's several ways that we can do this, and there's several ways that we just mess this up, okay? We need to let him lead us. We need to let him lead us. And how many times do we get ahead of God? And you know, we, we try to make our own way. My wife, I enjoy walking with her sometimes. Sometimes, man, it, when she's on a mission, it's like, it's like speed walk. And I'm like, hey, where'd you go? I'm back, you know. Hold up a minute. You know, sometimes we get that way with God, Right? And God's like, hold up. Where are you going in such a hurry? Right? We need to let him, let him lead. He sets the pace. We, we don't get ahead. We don't stay too far behind. We're there step by step. He leads us. He sets the pace. Jesus even said, follow me. And I know many times we, we just look at that and we think, well, follow me in my footsteps. Do what I do. There's some truth to that. It's more like be with me. And when you look at how he did discipleship, when you look at how he brought people in, that's exactly what he was doing. Follow me means be with me. The people that decided not to follow him went away from him. It's, that, it's really that simple. Let him lead. Thus says the Lord, this is Isaiah forty-eight seventeen. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. And there's a lot of people that give us advice, and we get direction from so many different places, and a lot of that is useful and practical, and God has gifted a lot of people to, to do that for us. But in the end, ultimately, he needs to lead us. He knows what's best for us. He knows what you should do in your life. And so, look, it's just best to let him lead. It's best to let him lead. Then you've got to obey your, obey your God, don't you? And stay with God, you've got to obey. If he's leading, 
and he's your guide. You obey your guide. Look, when I when I get on a plane and the stewardess or the I don't know what you call a male stewardess, okay? So I'll just call him a stewardess too. Um, when that person gets in front of the plane and starts giving the directions and doing all this stuff, hey, I'm I'm zoned in. I'm paying attention. I'm even reading a little pamphlet and I'm double checking everything and make sure the floaty thing is underneath me and all this stuff. And when I go and I, I get ready to get on these big, you know, roller coasters, I'm listening. You know, make sure that your your the bar is pulled all the way back to your waist. Keep your arms and legs within the seats at all times. Make sure that your feet can touch the floor. Top of th- I, I'm listening and obeying. They know what's best. Deuteronomy 5.32. Be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. By the way, that phrase can be found over and over and over again in Scripture. Do not turn to the right or the left. Don't turn to the right or the left. Verse 33, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Wow. You know, the key to staying with God is obeying what, what, he, what he says. And so many people don't. They don't. And that, what that ultimately means is you're not, not only are you not trusting in God, but you're not walking with God. You know, God doesn't just give us commands as uh, as a list of things not to do or to limit your life in any way. Actually, it's the, the complete opposite. His commands are the key to having your best life. They, they, they are. I'm not going to get on another tangent, Chad, but we, we talked about Moses, right, recently, last week. Um, 400 years in bondage, in slavery, okay? No freedoms, didn't know how to act, didn't know how to live. They were brainwashed, you could say. One of the first things God does is takes them out, takes them to the bottom of a mountain, right, and gives them, gives Moses the Ten Commandments. It wasn't instructions on what not to do. It was the key to life. It was the key to living. Do you want a a good life? I want to make sure you have a good life. So here's how you need to, to operate. Not limitations, but keys to living. Keys to living. You could say when you walk with God, you win in life. You win in life. He, he wants you to have the best life that you could have. The key to that is obedience, and that's a good thing. The next way we can stay with God is to avoid obstacles and distractions. Like, I've been sort of distracted this morning, you know. Um, when we're walking with God, we can avoid those things. First of all, pay attention to who you're walking with. I know there's um, some tension there, and, and we're called to be a light to others and to bring other people to God. But look, if you're not careful, you can be influenced by others that you are around. Okay, you got to pay attention to who you're walking with because they will ultimately influence you 
if you're not careful. Pay attention to where you're walking or what you could be stepping on. Just like, you know, when you're walking down, down a path or something like that, you want to avoid holes, don't you? You want to avoid rocks. You want to avoid anything that could hurt you or distract you or to make you fall. Proverbs 4.26, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. That means, you're, you know, you're, you're thinking, you're analyzing about your life and your walk. You're thinking critically. You're pondering the path. I love that statement for some reason. You know, some of you may just need to ponder the path today that you're on. Ponder the path. Think about it. Do not turn to the right or the left. There's that phrase again. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. When we realistically ponder the path, we might find some sin. You, you will find sin. Right? And here's what sin does. Sin keeps you from walking with God. If you think back to the garden, and you think back to Genesis 3, and you think back to the original sin, it says there's this interesting phrase there. That God was walking. God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Where was man? Come on, y'all know Genesis 3? Hiding. Hiding. In other words, not walking with God in the cool of the day, you see? God was there and, and walking, and so that tells us that this was sort of a, a normal thing, like just walking. Imagine that, God just physically walking, and he's wanting you to join him, and because of sin, you're hiding. That's what sin does it keeps you from walking with God. So in order to keep walking with God, look, you need to walk away from sin. Walk away. Lastly, I want to close with this. Walking with God means that you don't give up. You don't give up. Don't give up. You know, just because you sin does not mean that you're a failure. I know sometimes that you feel that way. I know I know I do. When, when you sin, when you fall, when you mess up, you feel like a failure. Uh, the enemy will, will do that to you. The enemy will make you second guess yourself. The enemy wants you to think that you're a failure. When you start getting around other people that know what you did, and they may not mean to, but they just make you feel worse. Right? They begin to think that... that well, maybe you're not all that. Or maybe you're not as strong as what they thought you were, right? Or maybe you're a hypocrite. Who knows? People may bash you. People may judge you. People may make fun of you. They may even ridicule you. But God will not. God will not. God just wants you back on the walk. He wants you back on walking with him, Micah 7, 8. I love this. And if, if you're there and you're feeling just the shame and, and guilt, God wants you back on the walk. He covered Adam and Eve so that they could be back on the walk. And he covered you with the blood of Jesus so that you could be back on the walk. So don't let Satan or anybody else tell you otherwise. 
God wants you to be with him. It doesn't matter how many times you messed up. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I know a lot of people, when they mess up, when they sin, that's what it feels like, like you're sitting in a dark corner. God's word says, get out. Get out. Don't stay there. I want you back. I want you back with with me. That word fallen there in the King James and in other translation, it means though I have fallen headstrong. <laughs> what that means is I have taken a nosedive, right, into the ground, into the dirt. Anybody ever felt like that? I can tell you I have. I felt like I just crashed my life and just fell face first. Messed up so bad. The good news is God never gives up on you. Never. He's he's right there waiting on you to come back, and here's what he does. You're in the darkness, right? That's where you feel anyway. He even shines the light so that you can come back to him. Like Tom Baudette, he leaves the light on for you, right? See, you you can see him. You can come back. Don't, Don't give up. So many people give up. So many people do. Where God sees things differently. Just like when we talked about Moses with the blood, right? And, and the way God sees flamingos from, from heaven, right? God sees things differently. Where, where you see failure, God sees forgiveness. Where you, you feel guilt, okay? Where you feel that, God offers grace. He does. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled down, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Look, folks, notice that it says, when he falls, not if. Not if. Look, nobody's perfect out there. And God does not expect you to be perfect. He knows you won't be. He knows. We all fall sometimes. It says when he falls, he won't be hurled down. <laughs> that word hurled doesn't mean what our kids say it means. but um, it, it, it means down to stay, right? TKO'd, hurled, hurled down, that means staying down. That, that's permanent, right? It has the idea of not getting up. It says when... When the person walking with God falls down, he is not, not hurled down. Why? Why? The Lord is holding his hand. Isn't that good? It's kind of like a child, baby. You know, what kids start walking at around uh, eight months to, I don't know, a year, something like that. You know, they start crawling, then they'll start pulling themselves up, then they'll start taking a few steps on their own. And then when they really get, you know, the strength built up in their legs, what do you do, Mom and Dad? What do you do? Reach down and you're, you're, you're holding their hand, right? Or, or 
Here's what I did. I just, you know, finger and like that. But, but I'm connected to them. And they're, they're doing this type of thing. But I've got them. And you know what might happen? There's, there's this weird little balance thing that, that, that sometimes they, they do, and, and the leg sort of kicks up and back, and sometimes their legs sort of do this. I got them. I got them. Did you know the Lord has you like that? Truth is, if you're a believer in Jesus, the Lord always has you. He's never let you go. Never. He wants you to walk with him. He's not letting you go. He wants nothing more than for you to be walking with him. Some of you today, you just need to allow him to love you, to lift you, and to lead you. Let him do that. Don't give up. Look, Enoch wasn't perfect. He wasn't. He never said that. As a matter of fact, why in the world would God send Jesus to die if Enoch lived a perfect life? He didn't. But you know what he did do? He made sure that he walked with the one who was perfect. I hope that's what you and I can do too. Walking with God is meant to be ongoing. I was going to open with this, but I'll close with it. Uh, the name Enoch means dedicated. It means dedicated. Are you dedicated to walking with God? Not asking you if you messed up. Not asking you if there's sin in your life. Are you dedicated? Are you dedicated? That's what he wants. Enoch experienced the greatest blessing after 300 years of walking faithfully with God. 300 years. Do not give up. I remember the first time I hiked at the Pinnacle. Um, beautiful, by the way. But honestly, I'm like, after a few minutes, where's it at? Where's the, where's the falls everybody's talking about? I mean, I'm getting tired and honestly frustrated. And I'm thinking about stopping <laughs> and going back to the car. I did. I mean, honestly, first time I was there, I'm like, this. do people set me up, right? Do they lie to me and just try to get me to go on this forever hike? But then I you know, just kept going, you know, step at a time. Kept going a step at a time. And then, you know, come around the corner and there it is. Beautiful. Gorgeous. You know, it was so worth it. And that's that's the way we need to view walking with God. You're, it's going to be hard, maybe longer than what you anticipated. Harder. You're, there's going to be times where you feel like giving up. But look, Enoch, 300 years, boom, gone with God. Tremendous blessing. Walking with God is worth everything that you can give it. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. Being able to worship you, sing to you, Father, praise you, to glorify you. 
Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word this morning in which we've, we've read and we've learned and we've felt your presence and we've, we've heard from you. And as we've learned about this man, Enoch, Father, we learned that the most important thing that he did in his whole life was walk with you. And that in the midst of a corrupt world, you saw the beauty of one person who faithfully walked with you. Father, may we be, may we be the same. May we look at Enoch and just use his example as something for us to follow as we go through life. May we, may we just desire to walk with you, to be with you, to, to speak to you and with you through prayer. May we listen to you through your word and seek you out and, and find you. May we, may we take the time to just put everything else aside and just show you that you are, are important to us and that we have no other gods before you and that we don't have any other idols before you, that you are it and that we want to, to be with you. Father, help us to be obedient. Give us the wisdom to obey your word and the instructions that you lay upon our hearts because they're not to, to limit us. They're for, for our living. They're for our good. And ultimately, they keep us from walking from you, with you when we sin, when we, when we don't do what you want us to do, when we're not living the way you want us to live. Father, help us not to give up. We, we know that sometimes we're going to fall. Sometimes we're going to mess up. But God, thank you so much for the forgiveness that you provide through Jesus Christ, for the grace that you provide for us when we feel guilt. Help us to realize that you're never far off, like the Scripture says, and that you are a light to us, and that we would just just simply realize that you have us by the hand. And instead of fighting back, we would just allow you to strengthen us and lift us up. Continue walking with you. Father, I pray for the person today that hasn't made a profession of faith, that hasn't saw Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray that today they would realize that they need to do that, that they need to see Jesus as the bridge between the path that you're on and, and the path that they're on. And that to get, to get with you, to get to walking with you, to get where you are, they need to cross the bridge of Jesus. I pray that they would realize that today. That they would commit their life to walking with you and following Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.